Nancy and Brother Garrett be turning again to Matthew chapter 11. We'll begin in verse 28. Matthew chapter 11, we'll begin in verse 28. Looking at the same passage of Scripture, we want to zero in on one word that is mentioned here. It's mentioned twice by Jesus in two sentences. So it is quite important to get this word right. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. Would you stand as the scriptures read, please? Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. Come to me, all you who are labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for those who would come to church on Sunday night. I thank you for the church that you've built here, the ministries we have, and Father, the message we have to go to this community and this world. Help us to be faithful to do our part, to do our part to get the message out to people who need to know about your love. Help us to be your hands, your feet, your heart, to love those who uh, are unloved and sometimes unlovable. Help us, Father, to be your church here in these walls, but especially when we leave. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You may be seated. Jesus mentions rest two times in this invitation. He's inviting people to come to him, and he says, I'll give you rest. And then he invites people to take my yoke upon you, and you'll find rest rest for your souls. Exactly what does he mean by rest? Perhaps to understand the biblical perspective of this word, we need to realize what he does not mean when it comes to rest. First of all, it absolutely does not mean the total absence of work. Sometimes we think Rest time is when there's no work coming on. But notice he says, come to me, you who are heavy laden or loaded down and, and you're weary, and I'll give you rest. But then he says, take my yoke upon you and you'll find rest for your souls. Now, the whole purpose of a yoke on a pair of animals was so that they would work and get their work out as efficiently as possible. And as we mentioned this morning, that yoke was custom-fitted to the animal so they could work to their best ability with the least amount of discomfort for that yoke. So the yoke wouldn't cause any extra discomfort. But the animals were not put into the yoke and then just turned out into the lot. The animals were put into the yoke, and then, of course, they were put to work. And Jesus said, Come to me and you'll find rest and take my yoke on you. And then he says this, and you'll still find rest. So you understand, how is it that we take a yoke upon us, but he says we still not, we still will find rest. Well, notice, idleness is not rest. In fact, idleness will stimulate restlessness. Total idleness will stimulate restlessness in the heart. 
total idleness without work to do or productive activities in your life will begin to foster or ferment a lack of purpose and a lack of meaning in life. And when people don't have meaningful work to do, their hearts become restless. Their lives become restless. When people become restless, a lot of times they misbehave. You ever heard those saying, idle minds, the devil at the workshop? Well, that's exactly what goes on. When we don't have productive work going on, we have to understand productive labor in Christ will foster meaning and purpose and genuine accomplishment in our world and in our heart. Paul said it this way, let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we will reap if we do not lose heart. He was talking about sowing and reaping, and sowing sparingly and reaping sparingly, and sowing generously. And then he says, don't be weary in well, what is that? Doing. Not well-wishing, well-doing. Do something and do it well and do good things. And he said, don't be weary in that, for in due season, something's going to happen. We will see accomplishment. We will find purpose. And we will see achievement in our lives. And our lives will mean something if we continue to work for him and yoke together with him. But... Simply working hard will not bring rest and a sense of purpose in a man's life. I want to direct your attention to Ecclesiastes chapter 2, verse 17. To give you a, just a, a summary of what we're looking at here, Solomon was looking for the meaning in life and how to find meaning in life. So Solomon determined, he said, I'm going to work hard. I'm going to work as hard as I can. And I'm not going to withhold anything from my life of my work. I'm going to work hard, and if I want something, I'm going to get it. And if I can afford it, I'm going to buy it. And so he says, I worked hard. And I, I got all the lands, and I got all the crops, and I got all the good things, and I got all the entertainment that I could get. I worked really hard, and I, I gained a lot of things. And you might say, well, my, here's a man who worked hard. He ought to feel good about his life. He ought to feel good about his accomplishments in life. But look at verse 17. Therefore, I hated life because the work that was done under the sun was distressing to me for all this vanity. King James says, all this vanity of the spirit. This means grasping the wind or chasing the wind, or vexation of spirit, I believe, is the, uh, the King James. Vanity and vexation of spirit. The new King James says grasping the wind, but I think the literal translation would be chasing the wind. Can you ever catch it? Can't ever catch it. Then I hated all my labor in which I had toiled under the sun because I must leave it to the man who will come after me. Now, did he find a lot of purpose in life? 
Did he find a lot of soul satisfaction in life? He worked hard and everything he wanted, he got it. Every little gadget, every little piece of land he could get, which was a really a good badge of status then, he said, man, I was an important guy. I was one of the wealthiest guys around. I had the respect of everybody around me, and I hated it. I just absolutely hated it. You see, the hard work, just hard work didn't give him rest. Hard work didn't give him purpose. So he goes through the whole book of Ecclesiastes, and if you look at the last verses of Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 13. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is man's all. It's not talking about for salvation. This word fear God, it's all wrapped up in who we know God is. Fear God means to reverence God. Fear God means to respect God. Fearing God means to see God for who he is. He's God and we're not. Fear God means to worship God. It's about the same thing when Jesus said, come to me, all that labor and are heavy laden. It's the same thing. When we fear God, that means we've accepted that God is who he says he is, and we are who he says we are, and that's when we come to Christ. Fear God, and to keep his commandments just means fear God and work for him. He says that's the conclusion of the whole matter. So it starts off, the man hated life. He worked hard, but there was no rest here. There was no rest. He was a hard-working man and earned a lot of money and seemed to make something of his life, but his life was empty and meaningless, and he hated it. Twice he said, I hated it. What brought him rest? He said the conclusion of the whole matter is fear God. How do you understand all that's going on in Ecclesiastes? This term here, under the sun. Under the sun means this side of heaven. And all he was looking at is what was going on this side of heaven. He didn't have his mind going on on the other side of heaven. So that's the whole thing in Ecclesiastes. When you look at it, and that term under the sun, when when he's doing everything under the sun that he could do to please himself, he said it was all vanity and chasing the wind. The word vanity here means emptiness. His life was empty. Jesus, on the other hand, says, you're tired, and you're hating life. You're hating your work, and you're weary. Come to me, and I'll give you rest. See, rest is not the idleness or the absolute absence of work. Working for Christ and in Christ and with Christ gives us absolute rest. And it does not mean the total absence of trouble. You know, I could find some rest if I just didn't have these nagging troubles. And we we mentioned some things about troubles today, didn't we? About the different things that cause us troubles. And I'd even, I didn't even go over the whole list. And some of you are thinking, well, you missed my favorite one. So, I mean, if I've missed your favorite trouble, that's just because there's more than I can mention up here. But you see, genuine rest does not mean the absence of trouble. In fact, if you want to turn to John chapter 16, verse 33, it's important that Jesus puts two things together here. John chapter 16, verse 33. 
These things have I spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. Now, there's, there's where you want to say, hey, wait a minute, time out, Jesus. I, th I thought you just said we were going to have some peace. And in the same sentence you have in the world, you'll, in the world you'll have some tribulation. But it, it, which is it? Both. In the world you'll have tribulation, but I've spoken these things to you that you can have peace even when trouble comes. You see, if we're looking for rest to happen when nothing's going wrong, It'll never happen. Things will always go wrong. People will always disappoint us, get on our nerves. We'll always get sick. People we love will get sick. It'll always be tribulation and trials and hurts in this broken world. And Jesus said, you'll never escape all of these tribulations, but in me you'll have peace even with tribulation. In the same sentence, he says, I've spoken to you that you have peace even though you're going to have some trouble. But you be of good cheer, because I have overcome the world. He had mentioned his peace before, chapter 14, verse 27, when he said, My peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let it be afraid. So we understand he's talking about true rest, even in the midst of tribulation. We saw that in action and that's why it's important to read the Bible, because we see the promises that Jesus made, and then, we, of course, we see these promises are fulfilled. In Acts chapter 12, we see Peter in prison. Now, James has just been killed with the sword. He had just been beheaded, and because Herod saw that it pleased the Jews, he arrested Peter, too. In all likelihood, the same thing was going to happen to Peter. Now, God sends an angel to the prison to rescue Peter. He does not find Peter at the bars looking around trying to see how he's going to get out. He had to wake him up. He had to wake him up. Peter was so peaceful. He just laid down and slept in that cell, knowing what Herod might want to do to him. Where did that kind of peace come from? Well, Jesus said, in the world you have tribulation, but I've spoken these things to you that you'll have peace, peace in your heart. You saw that again with Paul and Silas in the Philippian jail. Now, they weren't sleeping. They were having some church in there because at midnight, after being treated horribly and beaten with rods and their arms and legs were in stocks and they were in shackles, they were singing up a storm in there. Where'd they get that kind of peace? Well, Jesus said, in this world you have tribulation, but in the middle of all of it, the tribulation's on the outside, but if I'm on the inside, it can't get in there. You can still have rest. You can still have peace. So, so what did he mean? We know what it didn't mean. Coming to me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you'll find rest for your souls. The word rest here does not mean the absence of work. It does not mean the absence of trouble. It means, quite literally, if you go to the original language, it means to refresh and to revive. It means to give you strength again, to give you power again, to give you courage again. To do what? 
to get back out there and work again and to face the world's trouble again. When he said, you'll find rest, he says, in me you'll find refreshment and reviving and new strength to keep on going. We need that because we will have trouble and there is work to do. And he says, I'll give you the strength to the work that I give you. You're yoked up with me now, so just think of the work we can do. Is there anything before we go into our business meeting?